Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. Hello and welcome to the TC Towers World of Gaelic Games on Monday the 1st of March. Glorious day out there, let's hope it continues for the coming weeks. Thanks to Nicky Brennan for an excellent edition of Kilkenny today. Fantastic show by Nicky. Coming up on tonight's show I'll be talking to Kilkenny GA coaching officer Kieran Muldowney on exciting new plans for the development squads. And James Stevens, juvenile chairman, former county Leinster and club all winner Martin Phelan. Um, to, just talking about the role of the juvenile officer and chairman in a club at the moment um, we'll also be looking ahead to the Camogie All-Stars and looking back at the Congress discussion points from the weekend with Pat Tracy and Nicky Brennan Good evening lads How are you Kieran? How are you Good, thanks lads uh, Great evening out there, at least I got your name right today Pat compared to last week <laughs> i call you Pat Brennan <laughs> Alright <laughs> Um Kieran, welcome. We haven't seen you in a while. It's great no. to have you in. <laughs> no, great to be here. Thanks, Kieran. Good to be here. Um, Kieran, just before we get into it, um, how 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 have you found the role so far? Uh, I tell you, it's, it's very interesting, Kieran. I suppose after I got elected at convention, I made a lot of phone calls and spoke to a lot of people about a lot of different things, and um, we've been doing a good bit of planning. And, and one thing I'm conscious of is that clubs would have they would have, they would have heard a lot from me in the lead up to the election, but I haven't not so much since. But just to confirm to everybody, we've been working away behind the scenes. Uh, we've had a good few meetings, and obviously, you know, it's difficult at the moment. It's all Zoom and this kind of thing. You know, we can't get to sit around the table which I would prefer but uh, a lot of work going on and I will be in contact with the clubs to let them to let them know exactly what's planned but sure I mean what's planned is one thing you know we're, we're in the lap of the gods obviously like every aspect of life at the moment and we're just hopeful same as everybody that we'll try and get back to a bit of normality as soon as we can and get out on the fields I think that's what everybody's looking for yes and just hopefully some kind of a plan down the line that we can work towards you know and aim towards yep um, absolutely so, Kieran, just in terms, of, I know you've had a couple of meetings uh, the, since since you took over the role, um, and you have some news on on what's upcoming for the squads. Yeah, sure. We've probably had I don't know eight or ten meetings, I suppose, with different groups. But uh, our plans for the squads, Kieran, are um, they're broad ranging, right? We. Recently, you know, in, in recent years, everybody knows that minor went from under 19, or, or sorry, went from under 18 to under 17. So we've kind of lost a year with development squads, right? So we're going we're gonna to start at under 13s and we're going to bring them in for maybe five or six sessions. It'll be wide ranging, it'll be a wide net, you know, there'll be huge numbers. We're going to go with four regions at under 13, broadly based north, south, east and west. Uh, the coaches at those sessions uh, will be young hurlers and I've had a fantastic reaction to this I contacted 22 young hurlers and 21 of them came on board straight away and the other one was he was just unable to he wanted to but was just unable to do it so it's been a fantastic reaction so what you'll have right is that you'll have uh, at a venue you'll have four stations working at the one time um, you know maybe 15 or 16 players they'll work on a specific item so it could be first touch it could be break the tackle it could be anything right, whatever it is 
and at that station they'll work on 10 minutes on the skill and then they'll put it into a game for a further 10 minutes then move on to the next station and repeat that four times so they'll be there 80 minutes you know an hour and a half we'll call it they'll get a little bit of homework as well and at 13 you know um, as I said there will be a lot of players in uh, there'll be huge numbers in and we're Obviously, we're looking for players with high skill levels. The physical side of things will be important too. But what we're really looking for are people with good attitude, players who we think that we can work with and might end up being county hurlers in the future, possibly. You know, uh, And your attitude will be a big key to this. Are, are you somebody that we can work with, basically, is, the, is what we're looking at. So that process will be kind of... It'll, it'll encompass under 13 and under 14. So it'll be a two-year cycle where players will have that length of time and that chance to prove to us that they're somebody that's worthy of consideration for a Kilkenny squad. Then right at the end of their 14th year, say, at the end of that two years, we'll pick the panels for the Tony Tony Forrestal and Sonny Welch competitions as, as has always happened and those players and those teams will go to those competitions with the intention of performing and competing very well at them and hopefully winning them not to be all and end all but we do want them to compete and obviously those squads then will be the basis of our under 15s panel for the following year now the panels will be wide open if a lad who didn't quite make it shows good form for club or school well then uh, that player will be brought in there's no question on that at 15 then that's where we get down to more uh, technical stuff you'll start working on things like patterns of play getting the players used to various different tactical situations game specific situations and more more than teaching them Kieran, what we're hoping to do is that the players will learn how to read what's happening in a game themselves uh, how to react to it, maybe how to exploit opposition weakness and to improve communication levels on the field. We'll do things with them like playing with and against the sweeper, puck out strategies, different methods of playing, whether you play a long ball or a running game and we'll expose them to everything and the players and, and, and the biggest part of their learning will be, uh, hopefully, that they can read what's going on adapt to it very quickly and work it out themselves and obviously coaching will come into that of course it will but you're trying to create clever hurlers with a good attitude and good skill levels by the time they're finished at 15 when they go to 16 then obviously the best of those will be on the minor panel and uh, the others then will make up an under 16 panel and probably make the minor panel the following year you know if natural progression say right Um, and then after minor, right, there's, you know, and there's a lot of talk, and, and, it, and it has come up on, on your shows here as well, about what happens afterwards. Um, there's a little bit of a gap there, say, a chap who's still maybe 17 or just turning 18, has been on the, the minor panel and maybe on the minor team, not quite ready for the under-20 panel just yet. Well, that player can't be left idle, so to speak, for a year, right? That just can't happen. So at that age group, and also when they come out of under-20 and not quite ready for the senior panel but could be senior hurlers in the future. You know, there's two little gaps there. So what we're going to work on those. Uh, they won't. They will come in the, under the development squad umbrella, but they won't be development squads. They will be county teams, right? They'll be kind of rookie squads, so to speak. Um, we're in contact with other counties about playing uh, a competition there. Those players, you know, they'll get their programmes, they'll get their coaching, their training, their work will be the same as any county team. And they're seen as kind of future county players, basically. You know, there's the possibility of a competition you know, maybe a four-team competition there with Washford, Tip, Wexford and ourselves. Possibly the Georgie Lahey Cup wouldn't it be a lovely trophy to have. You know, yeah, so, exactly. now this is kind of, you know, it's far down the line This and it's at the very early stages. But I would love to see it. But the last thing, you know, I don't want to... 
have under-19s coming into a development squad because I, I don't think it'll work. It has to be a county team and uh, that's the the basis of that thinking. You know, their preparation in terms of facilities and gear, S&C, their training programmes, everything else will be the very, very same as if they were a county team, right? Now, two things that will aid all of what I've just said to you there, right? The first one is we've secured a gym in Kilkenny, uh, secured a space to equip a gym, basically, and that gym will be developed and equipped solely for use by minor and development squads. So it's not a situation where we might have Nolan Park, (coughs) maybe, but if the seniors want it, we won't have it. You know, that kind of thing. So that's not going to be the case. This is going to be specific specific for use by our minor and development squads. And finally, and the most exciting thing of all, is that one of the greatest hurlers of all time, DJ Carey, has agreed to come on board and head this up for us. He's going to be uh, the figurehead at the head of our development squad program and also Paul Murphy, Richie Power, PJ Ryan and Taggy Fogarty have come on board as well as ambassadors and leaders of that program. So it's exciting enough, I, I'm excited by it anyway I don't know how anyone else thinks of it but I, I think it, it's it's a fantastic start and hopefully, you know, a lot of work to be done simply by creating that and just talking about it at the 1st of March is not going to solve anything, there's a lot of work uh, that will have to go ahead now but uh, I'm I'm happy with what we've achieved so far and excited about what's going to come. Yeah, no, definitely, Kieran, and it sounds very exciting for say, anyone that's listening at home. I think they'll be intrigued by your plan, so we we definitely wish you all the best with that. Um, just, I think it's important, Kieran. I know you're focusing on the 13s. That year, say, that you're losing from 17 to 18, it was minor. Like, you're going to gain that year back then with the 13s up to the 14s. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll bring in the 13s. It'll be to give them, it's more to give them a flavour of what's coming than anything else. So, like, at 13 and 14, we're going to work on getting our players razor sharp at the basic skills of the game, you know. And you talk about, like, people talk about first touch, and it's a phrase I hate because first implies that there's a second and third and fourth. And, and to me, that's out of, you're hurling intercounty or at any high level at all, you know, your touch has to be just dynamite. And, and same, you know, you have to be able to strike off left and right on the run, go to the ball to raise it. Well, you have to get it into your hand. You know, these and these are. It sounds simple and it sounds basic, but how often does it fall down and, and fail? And and we we want players who do all those things naturally, at speed and under pressure. And if you can do it in those situations, then you know you'll be good. And that's the that's the key to the thirteens. And 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 I will say, and I've no problem saying it out loud to any parents or children who are listening. You know, if you're going to come in there, uh, we need to see that you have the attitude of somebody who is going to be a county hurler. If you come in as a kind of a big shot or go back to your club and say, I'm not trying tonight because of squads tomorrow, if any of that crack is out the window. And if, if you think you're going to be on a squad with an attitude like that, well, then you won't. Uh, and, and I mean that now, and that's, that's, that's not just talk, you know what I mean? The players who come in there, they have to go back to their clubs as leaders. They have to go back to help out the players who maybe not who are not quite so good you know and maybe just don't have their talent levels they have to help them out they have to show them good leadership and if you're if you're a kind of um, you know if you're a, a person of good character well then it's easy to make you into a good hurler but if you haven't got the attitude it, it's, it's hard to work with that kind of a player I think you know and uh, just to just to kind of just to kind of reinforce that it's not just about skill or size or anything you know there's a number of facets to it but the big one is attitude you have to show us that you're somebody that we can work with yeah and a lot of the time I, I agree totally with you Kieran from working with say the underage players in the handball as well attitude is key to everything and attitude can set the tone for all the players around you as well and we we see it in our own club as well with some of the older players that 
you can see with their attitude what the younger players coming up they know what the standards are so it's, mm. it's very important alright Sounds uh, fairly good Kieran. Um the uh, I suppose the the big t- task for you too is to the players that come into you that they go back better players to their club that's that's going to have um, part of the way you're going to be judged as well isn't it? Yeah of course yeah. and uh you know, unfortunately for for us in our situation, you know, if the seniors are better in the first round next year, it'll be all blamed on development squads. <laughs> it'll have nothing to do with it, you know. But uh, you're right, and that is a big, you know, what I just mentioned about players going mm. back to their clubs. Um, it just unfortunately, in recent times, it kind of I don't know the, the glamour maybe has gone out of development squads, um, and and we need a situation like what we had back in when they started 99, 2000, early 2000s where the players are baiting down the door to get in and, that, yeah, and that's yeah, the situation yeah. you want and if you have that then you're in a good position but in order to have that we have to build the product for them and make it so that they want to come in and mm. uh, you know I, I think you know like if you're looking there like DJ Carey one of the greatest hurlers of all time Richie Power 8 all early middles Paul Murphy brilliant PJ Ryan Aidan Fogarty so Jenny Mack if you can't come in and listen to those and, and take something from what they have as well as all the development squad coaches that we have as well we have a right team of, of lads lined up and the 20 young hurlers that are going to help us out at the 13s these are lads who are already on their club teams busy men just being players and, and all of them jumped at the chance of coming in to do this it's yeah. not going to be very taxing in terms of workload for them but in fairness to them they, they jumped at the chance and they're delighted to get on board and only can't wait to get going you know yeah. and I, I can't wait to get going with them there's, there's some interesting characters in, the, in there too let me tell you <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think a couple of things um, first of all I think it's important that in terms of the, the pathway that was developed last year by the G I think one of the things that's, that's in that is that at the end of the day all of those players that are coming in there's only a certain amount of them going to make the breakthrough to whatever comes out of an inter-county a minor team would be the first inter-county but what I'd like what I hope will be the case and I've no doubt this is very much part of the end as well the players who don't make it will still go back to their clubs better players and and they might very well mature later down the line which is very possible there's many a Kilkenny player who has won all Ireland and many all Ireland medals in recent years who maybe wasn't a star at 14, 15, 16 even minor but suddenly developed so I think given them in let them see what good practice this is. Let them see what good carry on is. Is is, is very important. But th- there's one area, Kieran, and I don't know if it falls under under your area. I think it should. In fairness, um, I would have a real issue about the whole question of the GA the GA coach education. There is there is no problem getting people in to do the foundation level course. There's never a problem because in a lot of cases it's parents who are there during the time of their own kid and they'll happily help out and they do the the foundation course. But I, I, I think there is it would be very important for, for Kilkenny GA in my, in my view to um, supervise that the, what's happening in the club scene so occasionally it can't be done all the time occasionally monitor the quality of coaching that's been delivered at clubs to 8, 9, 10, 11 and 12s because I think if the quality of coaching at that stage is good what you guys are getting then into the first batch of the under 13s of the first group you'll bring in centrally you should have better hurlers coming in there and the, the type of thing that you're talking about hitting off their left and right in many respects you shouldn't you should be just getting them to do that at much greater speed a lot of that should be developed in the club environment if the coaches are coaching the way they have been told to via the, the foundation and the, the level one courses 
Yeah, you have the foundation to level one, Nicky. You also have what's called the tourist program. Have you yeah, come yeah, that's that, through our North yeah. yeah. And it's for, uh, for, you know, the likes of Breen, PJ, and Sean Kelly, you know, the full time staff, yes. Inkle Kenny. They will go out and help uh, coaches of any age group. Uh, they'll take them through sessions, watch them as they do sessions, give them do's and don'ts and good practice and best practice. I, think that's, like I that. think that's absolutely yeah. critical because they sh- players should be reasonably okay when, and, and that score when the, before they're coming into your 13 squads for the first time yeah absolutely if you've got to learn them the basics at that stage yeah. you have a hard job uh, yeah and and one thing and, and it's good that you said it because I actually forgot to mention it is that the, the sessions at 13 and 14 in particular uh, they will be aimed at a very high level they'll be aimed at the best players there'll be no such thing as and I, I don't mean to sound flippant now when I say this but there'll be no such thing as you know, showing a lad how to raise a ball because that is stuff they should have learned earlier and at club I level. Agree. And so uh, the the standard of these sessions will be pretty high. It's to improve the players who are already good, as opposed to bringing on uh, players who should have learned stuff in their clubs. You know. And will the clubs be nominating players, or will you go out and find them because you've you've got the news through the coming months going to competitions? Uh, it, it'll be pretty wide, Nicky. The, you know, there'll be no limit really on numbers. Now we, we've graded it. The bigger clubs will obviously send in more than the smaller clubs, but you know, if, if the if the number allocated to your club say is five, and you ring me up and tell me that you have six, well then you'll have six. Of course. Do you course. know what I mean? And it, like the net will be pretty wide because we've four regions and because we've a heap of lads coming to do a bit of work with us. Well then we can cater for more. And just one thing I wanted to mention there as well, Kieran, was that uh, these sessions are open to the club coaches. Uh, come to the session, watch it, and we will hand you the session plan at the end of it. Now there'll be no such thing, and, and I'm big on this now. There'll be no such thing as ah, will you email it out to me? There'll be none of that. If you want to come to the session, great and you'll idea. Get it. Great idea. Uh, uh, and show a bit of interest and we'll show interest in you uh, and that's kind of you know that's the angle I'm coming from it's easy to pick up a phone send a text and ask the lad to send you an email with something on it but if you're really interested you'll go and you'll watch it and you'll learn from it and you'll take it home and hopefully put it into practice uh, in your own club Would you see yourselves going down the line of video and stuff that could be used by clubs afterwards is that on your radar? <laughs> we could. I, I'm a small bit worried about where things like videos and things will end up. Uh, I don't want. I don't want these floating around Galway and tipping Wexford now shortly after we make them. You know. But look, it's an option. Obviously, it is an option. I personally, I prefer people to be there and, sure. and take it in as it happens. And I'd agree with that. But just you know, when it's all over and ah, yeah, yeah, for sure, it's an option. Yeah, of course. Yes, and I think that's very important, Kieran, that lads come and look at the sessions because it could be the smallest thing that you pick up could bring an improvement back to your own club. So it's, that's, I think that's key. And, Kieran, it's just great to hear that you had, had, had such feedback, say, from players to get involved with you, um, young, younger players especially, who obviously have club commitments and maybe some have maybe county commitments too, but they're willing to give their time to, to help with the squads as well yeah we, we kind of stayed away from lads who were on the senior panel obviously you know they have enough to do yeah. with it, to be honest about it now but these lads are in their early to mid 20s and the, Fred mad, the phrase mad for road was built for these lads now they're dying to get going they really are it's a great reaction I have to say and I'm they're from all over the county and they're, they're lads and I'll be fully honest I don't even know some of them to be honest with you now but the minute I asked yeah no problem put me down for that yeah, bang! They're straight in, and they're they're great lads. I have to say now, you know, and uh, these will be lads who who, long after they're finished hurling, will be doing great work within their own clubs in time. You know, uh, now it won't be for a while, obviously, because they're youngish fellas, but the they're they're great lads, great characters, and and the clubs that have these fellas, they're they're in good stead when they have these boys. Yeah, great role models. Ah, yeah, absolutely. When uh, might you hope to start? Well, I want to start mm, tomorrow, I but. Know. <laughs> 
in fact and a few other boys will have uh, the deciding say but no Pat look the minute we get the clearance we'll be up and running you know and uh, mm. the, the under 13s will be about six sessions the 14s will be more uh, we're just conscious also of the split season where we might, uh, you know, and keep the county stuff at county time and, and then when they're in their clubs, they go back and do their club stuff, you know. Mm. So hopefully, like, you know, we basically lost last year. Gee, Mac, if we lose this year, I'll pull my hair out the bit that's left, you know. But uh, to answer your question, I don't know, but it'll be as soon as we can. Mm. Yeah, well, that's brilliant, Kieran. It's great to have you in tonight and to give us that oversight of it. So we wish you the very best and no doubt we'll be linking in with you as the year progresses anyway and we'll be getting regular updates from you as well. So thanks for joining us, Kieran. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll take our first break. Join us after the break then. We'll be talking to Martin Phelan. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back at 18.27 Kieran. before I let you go you're, you're still there um, Aoife Lanigan was she's obviously a key member of the sports show but it was great to see her getting the PRO the year award Ah brilliant yeah a great achievement and in fairness to her she, she did really good work uh, over the last couple of years as PRO and she was always a great help when I was presenting this programme she was in most Monday evenings with an update on all the Camogie activities and she was always very approachable in fairness great achievement and well done Aoife Yeah and we just have a text in just to say as well best of luck to Kieran and all the volunteers hopefully we reap, you our, reap the rewards in a not so distant future yeah it, well I'm not so sure but they're not so distant it'll be a long term plan you know and don't expect instant results but you can expect results yeah at least we, we have a plan anyway to entice us so um, thanks for that Kieran. thanks Kieran. now I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Martin Phelan good evening Martin good evening Kieran. thanks very much for having me no problem at all Martin um Martin, I suppose you were after hurling at all the the biggest stage you could with with James, your club, James Stevens, and you were on the biggest day of the year of, of all, say winning the club all Ireland, and now you're stepping back into the the juvenile chairman role. How have you found it so far? Well, look, I suppose Kieran, like when you when you finish up hurling, there's there's a gap, and you know you had great years hurling with the club and some successful ones, and then you you kind of leave it behind you. And we've a few young lads now. My eldest lad is 13 now, coming on 13 in a few weeks. So, I mean, he went back. He joined in there at four years of age, like a lot of them do, four and five. And so you're kind of knocking around the place again. You're back in the door after being away for a few years. So it was great to get back involved. And there the last few years now, I suppose just taking on the juveniles here in 2019. It's just kind of another way of trying to do a little bit to give a bit back to them, you know. And it look, it's it's great to see, and it must be brilliant for James Stevens to have someone like yourself that has represented the club at the highest level of all, and to come back now and be have have you centering up the the, the club chairman juvenile role is is great for the club. Yeah, well, look, it's like anything, any organisation, any club, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of help, and I mean. First of all, it's a great honour and a privilege, obviously, to be uh, to do the chairmanship in, in the club at juvenile level, and we, we would have a great history uh, with with underage in Kilkenny and and uh, the likes of fail out title. So there's there's that kind of way down on you a little bit. It does, but you just try and push it forward and move it on. And we've plenty of help there. We've a registrar. We've someone looking after equipment. Someone going to the schools. Uh, we've Shane Shane Campy looks after welfare and Richie. Richie Cody is our club secretary, our juvenile club secretary, and I mean it all. It all is working together to share that workload, 
uh, makes it a lot easier. And um, I suppose the way I look at it, Kieran, is you're just trying to manage that relationship between players, parents, and the club coach kind of thing. That's that's the delicate balance, you know. Yes, it most definitely is, and you have a great support team there, which um, Martin. Uh, just say in the last year, look, twenty twenty was difficult for everyone. Um, how did how did you find it yourself? Say, trying to organise the trainings and following the protocols and all that. Yeah, very much a stop start year, and um, you know, I mean, like we probably hit the headlines there at the beginning of the year. I think we were the first club down with a player testing positive at adult level, anyway, and. Uh, that uh, certainly was something uh, that uh, came to the fore. But, I mean, the great thing on that was, I suppose, G came back to us and they were very happy with how it was handled. And, I mean, that was to great work at Dr. Cormac Bean, our club doctor. And Dan Cody was the Jew, or was the COVID officer for that age group, the adult age group. And, I mean, the handling of it was very good. It kept within the guidelines. And so, you know... That set us up, and we, we if we hadn't already our, our socks pulled up, we certainly had a good long look at things. And I mean, you're you're starting off. You're, you're it's all on Zoom now. I suppose that's the the big thing. You're you're having your meetings on Zoom. You're trying to get your juvenile or your your COVID officers organised and making sure they have the support from the club that they need. And um, that that's not an easy job. I mean, you're looking for parents, as I said there. You're trying to get that relationship between players, parents and the club and you're looking for parents to come on board on the COVID officer end and I mean they had a lot to do with you know collecting data there on we say club attendance attendance records health status records and then you have all the sanitisation and all that so I mean it's just making sure you can provide the support that they can they can do the job correctly you know and so the biggest success of all last year was really that we had a safe year. I think that's important to say that, you know, we had no issues um, with players or anything like that and we got to have a good five or six months of hurling despite everything and, I mean, that that's a big success, I think, you know. Yeah, absolutely, Martin. A huge success and I think it was just a great outage for everyone as well to have the games and something to look forward to on a week-by-week basis as well and people that were lucky enough to get to the games as well it was it was great spectacles and then obviously the streaming and things like that came on board as well so anyone that couldn't go it was it was huge success as well but um, Martin I know look the perception is say with City teams that the pick is huge and look it, it is big and that but sometimes it can be a lot harder to manage too in terms of numbers trying to give everyone game time yeah. trying to progress players and you know maybe facing disappointments as well yeah, I mean, look, there's always that put to the club teams that like they have the big numbers and they should be probably um, punching higher than they, they do punch. But, I mean, I'd often say, look, any club that goes well has that kind of spirit or that bond within a club. And, like, I mean, Shamrocks are an example of that. Like, what they get out of, out of a small parish with small numbers, it's a credit to them. And what we're trying to do is replicate that in whatever way we can we're probably not meeting on a day-to-day level that maybe this, the country clubs are. There's that sense of community in some of the parishes that the city doesn't get that, isn't able to replicate. So our our role really then, uh, Kieran, is to, you know, when you're bringing in the young lads that they're coming in, they're, they're, it's a sense of fun and enjoyment. They're meeting their friends. And it's, that's, that's the way of trying to create a spirit, you know. I mean, I, I think back to my underage years and hopping onto a bus and we were up to Fairview we had our sandwiches 
we played a, a match, a challenge match against somebody, and you, you were brought to Crow Park. And there was coaches there like the late Paddy Quacklarkin, Seamus Kennedy, Sean Dyle, all these names, the late Bill Smith. They were the guys that did it for us when we were kids and created that bit of camaraderie that has kept us in touch with the club all the years. And I just think now it's probably our turn to, to do similar. So we'll always fight that battle on on on, on that, but we, we we push hard with trying to make sure young lads are, are part of a, a, a club that's vibrant and they're looking forward to turn up to train every every Tuesday night, every Friday night. You know. Exactly, Martin. Yeah, and I think that's that's very important as well, isn't it? Like success isn't always say, winning the trophy at the end of the year. It's keeping players going and progressing them along and making sure that they're enjoying it. You know and keeping Absolutely, teams together yeah. you know so that's that that definitely is an important part of it no and, and i think you're on one of the things with covid now in particular is you know you'll always have the young lads have the hurl in the hand and you know they're they're probably going to break the door down to get in as soon as we, we open up in whenever that is but i mean you have a, a group there who are probably on the fringes of a lot of the teams especially i'd say in the in the city we have bigger numbers maybe and you know they might be connected to the ga as a family as others and so skill set might be little on the lower side compared to their, their, their teammates and maybe fitness levels could be offered, it could be a bit self-conscious you don't know what's going on and, and they might have always struggled to come to the field and that will be something now when we go back in that the numbers we, we certainly keep an eye on our numbers and that if there are any gaps there that we, we close that fence off because I mean it, like it can take time uh, Nicky was talking there about the quality coaching there with 8 and 9 and 10 year olds and I mean, they all come in their own pace, you know what I mean? And it's not to lose them too early to it for the wrong reasons. And if, if they come in and they know it's a fun place to come in and it's not taken too seriously and there is a bigger picture, I think we have a better chance to retain them, you know? Yeah, most definitely, Martin. I 100% agree with you on that. Um, Martin, just in terms of facilities then, obviously the Kells Road has... Mm been a huge benefit to James Stevens I'd imagine say in terms of the space you have out there and like teams can train at same times but you have there's no fear of not having a pitch or anything like that yeah well yeah I mean we, we, we've the Kells Road Park Seamus Tifon there now which has the four adult pitches and it has a juvenile pitch and then there's room for an extra pitch that he's got at some stage um, you have the four dressing rooms um, showers and all that that took part in phase one and Phase two, Kieran, then is, is hopefully to put in a kitchen hall and and, and public toilets and, and the likes of that. Um, so, I mean, look, every club has them around the country, but there's some great stalwarts in every club that have laid the foundation. And, I mean, the vision of the likes of uh, of Mick Moore, Liam Turl, Jimmy O'Brien, Tommy Lanigan, Aidan O'Rourke, Brian Cody, and many more who, who were brave enough uh, to go along and the late Billy Watts and uh, knocked, I'd say, in every farmer's house in the parish looking for a, a plot of land. And it's their hard work and their vision that has, has set us up and has kind of future-proofed us in a way for the next few years. I mean, you go out there on any night during the week and there's five, four or five pitches going there. You won't, there's not space for anyone in it. It's a great site. And Richie Minogue looks after our um, pitch roster and... Uh, I mean, he, it's a great headache to have, but he has a headache trying to, to, to find space. So, um, the Kells Road didn't happen overnight, and it, it, like it took a lot of work to like on, on fundraising. Kieran, I mean, every club has that problem now with this year more than any other year. Last year too, 
that ability to fundraise is an issue. But going back to the Kells Road, I mean, we were lucky enough, uh, Father Dan Carroll at the time in the parish helped us out. And then, again, you have great fundraisers like the late Mickey Costello and the Cantor Kinsler, uh, Mick, Mick Malachton, Pat, Pat Millay, Elsie Cody. And again, the list goes on, but it's all their work in the background that when you drive out there on a sunny eve and you, and you see the pitch cut and uh, looked after so well uh, I mean it's we're, we're blessed that we have those kind of people in the club to, they've done a, it's a remarkable effort like you know what I mean Yes most definitely Martin and even when you go down to any of the games and just you can see the number and level of volunteers down there as well for match days as well it's just it's incredible and it's a credit to the, the club um, Martin I suppose Look, we we were talking about successes there, but like you've had some great success with the back-to-back under-13 wins and then this year the under-15 as well with the cracking final against uh, Greg Ballycallan. Yeah, um, look, we probably, for us there, we went about seven years without without a, a kind of a win at Ryan A and, um, you know, a club of our tradition, you know, we obviously were keen to try and bridge the gap. Um and look, you have to be balanced about it too, Kieran, and recognise while success is great when it comes, it's not about not getting too ahead of yourself when we do win, and likewise recognising uh, there's no point getting too downbeat when we're not winning. But we've had some good teams. I'd be a firm believer that when a group of six-year-olds starts this year, they're not any better than the group of six-year-olds that started the year before. I think uh, Nicky mentioned like quality of coaching, and I think it really boils down to that idea of coaches that really are invested in teams and that under-13 team that had a win there this year um, you know I remember that group of coaches who looked after that team taking them off to Dingle they, they went surfing in Dingle they climbed hills and mountains I mean they were a great bond and a great spirit among that group and it do, the success doesn't happen at 13 I'd be a firm believer that and I'm saying it for a long time that the most important teams in the club are your seven-year-olds your eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds you make sure you can try and put your best lads in around them and work them you'll see you might get success like we had the last few years if we get it it's great but that there's a longer term kind of plan that you're trying to you move it in the right direction towards the senior adult level you know yeah, and that's the, the key cog really Martin isn't it trying to get lads to keep going up to say 17 and then progress 17 yeah, now and yeah, progress yeah. into your senior level yeah and it's tricky because obviously they've moved things around a bit there's a gap there and, and I heard uh, Kieran Muldowney talking about their area trying to bridge that and, and drop out levels and, and, and it is a headache and, and I don't know the answer to that I, I, I would traditionally prefer minor level be at 18 I think it closes the gap to, to the next stage group when you bring it to 17 it leaves it a bit wide open for when there's a gap there, it's harder to fill it. So, look, I mean, I, if you if you create a good spirit among young lads where they're meeting their friends, they're more likely to keep coming back. And I think that's the platform. Um, and if you do it, and I, I, I'm, uh, you know, you, you were talking earlier too about character and attitude and players. I think, you know, team sport, and especially in juvenile level, you have an opportunity to kind of instill in, in young lads those values that are terribly important, which are discipline and commitment and working hard at things. And, you know, having respect for other players, the officials of the game, uh, and and so on. And they, those, I think, are the values. That's our role, I think, is to make sure we get that across. Uh, and that'll save them all the world of good in, at Hurling, and not only Hurling, but more importantly in life itself. And 
that's how you probably try and measure success too. I think it's very important that we look at it from that perspective too, you know. Exactly, yeah, and look, they, sometimes they work hand in hand as well, and it's a great standard mm. setter for for your your life in general as well. Um, Martin, uh, f- your full time job then during the day, apart from the the juvenile chairman role, obviously mm. to our listeners, you're a physiotherapist. Um, just a couple of questions, like how how would Gaelic games relate to say other sports in terms of injuries? Um. Look, I don't think it's any different, really, um, Kieran. I think, um, you know, when it comes to injuries, we're, we're lucky in the GA. They're quite proactive, um, and there's a lot of information available. Um, there's a very good committee in Crow Park. Uh, it's the Scientific Medical and Welfare Committee, and they provide great information. And I, If I have someone walking into the clinic here, my job is to identify what's wrong with them and find a solution and then try and make sure I figure out and implement that solution or, or you know what I mean so and it's the same for hurling and football you have to identify uh, what are the trends when it comes to injuries um, and then is there a way then if there is a certain pattern or a trend uh, what can we do to nullify that and you can have a great plan but then the key part the third cog in that wheel is making sure you put into practice uh, that and when it comes from when it comes to kind of injuries in sport, a massive like there's so many different types of injuries in hurling, but a lot of them are what we call non-contact injuries. So you pull your hamstring or your calf or that they're not involved in a collision. So a lot of them are down to pure muscle weakness, and um, where we say the demand is too high on the system and the system breaks down. And so if we know that the demand is too high, then the idea then Kieran is that we try and strengthen the deficit, if you know what I mean, make make them stronger, make them able to cope with the demands that that they meet. So, while we know that there's a lot of injuries, we also know most of those injuries are weakness deficits. So, the next step then is to try and implement strategies then to strengthen. And to be fair to um, Borden Oak and, and Sean Kelly inside in the coaching department there, Sean has been an advocate for a long time of... Um, a kind of a warm-up which I'm trying to get across in our own club and I think all clubs should be really looking at it. It's that GA15 warm-up. I don't know, have you heard of it? Um, but it's um, it's a warm-up that's designed to strengthen uh, certain parts of the, mo- the body that are prone to injury. So any warm-up is designed to get you ready for when you go out to play a, a match or, or, or go training. But while it's also doing that, it's also targeting hamstrings for example and we know that hamstrings make up a quarter of all injuries in the GA so that's a huge number and um, so if we know one in four lads are going to go down with a hamstring injury surely we should be doing something about it and so for example this this type of warm up will focus on the hamstrings and the GA 15 warm up is based here on, on the FIFA 11 warm up which is a, another kind of a warm up designed to reduce injuries and um, there's been a lot of research done on that across North America and the likes and they found with their soccer warm-up that it has a 30 to 40% reduction in injury rates if it's performed twice a week over a long period. So our, our goal now is we know that there's issues with, with regards to weaknesses and hamstrings and the likes of that. We know that there's an option available to with, with regard to the GA15. So then the next thing now is we should be trying to roll that out across the age group. So it just becomes a standard of practice. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does, uh, Martin. And it's 
something that I think our listeners will greatly appreciate hearing about and being mentioned f- from you tonight, Martin. And um, I, no doubt they'll be they'll be looking up as well. So, no, like um, from what you're saying there, like and based on say the surveys and all that, it's definitely has has its benefits and is shown to benefit the and reduce the injury levels. Absolutely, and it's just it's there, it's available, it's easy access online with the GA, and and all you all you, you don't need to be an expert to, to 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 run it, roll it out in a club. You just need to maybe gather a bit of information, go practices uh, among yourselves as coaches, and then the other side of that then is really you know getting young lads used to likes the foam rollers and massage balls before training, and especially. What we're going to see now is going to be a huge increase or a surge in play, players' uh, hours. We'd say they'll be training a lot more when they do go back and they'll be playing matches here, there and everywhere, trying to fit it all in in a short period of time. So there's going to be a huge uh, demand on the system. And, you know, to get ahead of that, I think it's certainly important that they, they start building and preparing for that a few weeks out in advance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And can be working on those things in the background. Um, yeah. Martin, just one last question on then, I suppose. Like, what emphasis would you say put on rest between, say, matches, sessions, and all that? Yeah, like, I mean, look, there's different age groups, and, you know, young lads at a certain age group, they go through a kind of growth spurt. And, you know, we know, um, you know, 12 to 15 is a certain growth spurt, and um, they're much more prone to injuries during this period uh, of life. And if they're if they're being pulled, dragged in everywhere, I think that becomes an issue. And it's one area that we certainly need to be uh, tic-tacking on is between the schools, between your club, and even like Kieran was talking about earlier with, with, with um, development squads, that, you know, sometimes our better players are overloaded. And really, there should be some sort of... If, if I had a little suggestion, maybe to have a, a kind of a three-day... Oh, three days in the week you have uh, contact and three days you have non-contact so you maybe do conditioning or you have periods off but certainly rest has to be part of that program and recognising that kids do come down and they do they, they also get uh, browned off of it if they're over, overcooked as well so it's, it's not to it's, it's important that there's a strategy in place that allows for rest that they're not pulled and dragged too much I think that's and that that requires we say the different stakeholders sitting down and saying, instead of being selfish and looking for what well, I want him because he's on my team, and the next lad wants him because he's part of their team. But what's good for the young lad is what you have to be looking at. And, you know, I think that's where parents come in and they have to be able to step up sometimes and advocate for the young lads, especially when they're small or, you know, 13, 14, 15. They don't have that confidence maybe to say no to a coach or that they need a day off. And, you know, I think as coaches now and all that's available to us, we should start recognising that, you know, we do, we need to pace them. If we want them to last a lot longer, we don't need to drive them too hard too soon, you know. Exactly, Martin. No, and that's an absolutely brilliant insight uh, that you provided us with there. Martin, um, just like to thank you very much for joining us this evening. It's absolutely brilliant insights you're after giving us Martin and we wish you the very best in your position and work as well and um, best of luck with the James Stevens underage system for the coming years and this year especially as well thanks very much and I love the show and keep up the good work well done thank you and that was Martin Phelan Um, a great insight there from Martin in terms of 
injuries and yeah, how great. to run the club and all. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, very interested that GA15 warm up. I think that's a, a, a something that you know is, is sounds very um, simple and uh, also very effective. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, and everything everything there makes sense as well. Yeah, that, you know, of course. Mm. Um, right, we'll we'll take our second break and we'll discuss a bit of Congress after that. TARS World of Gaelic Games. Welcome back at 1853. Nikki, the Congress was held at the weekend. Yeah, it was an unusual one, Kiran, a virtual Congress. Um, generally, it was okay. They, they struggled a bit with the technology a few times, to tell you the truth now, uh, when it came. Luckily enough, it helped that, well, the 38 motions, as Pat had in the news, sports news today, the whole 38 motions got through, unprecedented, never happened, and I can remember. Anyway, now it was uh, only and only two required a vote. Now, so what John Horton did, and it probably sourced him in a way, in the other cases, he obviously people were allowed to speak on any motion they, they wanted to. But if, um, if after a short period of time there was either no opposition or limited opposition, he just made the assumption that, look, there's, a significant, there's no one against this, so he was passing them by a claim, as he called it. So it managed to get things done fairly well. If you were in a live face-to-face Congress, it mightn't have been as easy, maybe. A couple of them might have not got through as easy. Mm. Um, obviously, there's, 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 a number, there's quite a number of big changes have taken place, which you're probably going to talk about. But look, it generally went, it generally went okay uh, with, with a few technology glitches. And um, obviously, some big decisions made. And obviously, the, the black card is, the, is, the, is the, and the, the penalty is a big one. And it's there for a year now to see how it'll pan out. Yeah, what do you think of that one, Pat? Um, I, I, I'm just wondering about the penalty for it. The, there's the penalty, the black card, sin bin, and probably yellow card to boot. Well, it's it's yeah for it's a cynical it's, foul. Yeah, it's it's. It's, well, a, it's it's fairly it is, heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. It is heavy. But do you know the ironic thing about it, lads? When the, when the people, when the people were talking against it, mm. what was the first things they said? Now I'm against physical fouling in the sport. Mm. I'm against cynical fouling. Yet they, they weren't prepared to admit that there was cynical fouling there. Some some were against it. Others, like Kenny, felt maybe it was um, overdone in terms of the penalty, which is what you were alluding to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a reason, a fair enough point, all right. But now it is going to force coaches for this year anyway. It might be gone sometime next year, but at least for this year, it's going to force coaches now to to, to tell defenders how to tackle, or, yeah, else well, going, or else it's going to be a very expensive outcome. Yeah, well, I would imagine that, you know, that maybe if it was just, uh, if there wasn't a sin bin, they weren't off for 10 minutes. That's not in football now, at all. Uh, there is a sin bin in football for, 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 it, as, for it as well, yeah. But, but there's, a, there's, a black card, anyway. there's a black card in football. Yeah, well, it's, just, it's the same. It's is the, the same sin principle. bin coming in for the football now as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think and will there be I, a penalty? Well, yeah, there is, there is a penalty if, if, there's a, if there's a clear scoring opportunity. Yeah, but then will the same rules apply inside the, the I'm not 100% sure circle and all I, I, that? Yeah, yeah. That I was more yeah, but anyway, look, I, 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 the other thing too is it doesn't get trialed at all. No, I think no, that's, that, 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 and I think everybody was concerned about that. Yeah. Now, I mean, 
I don't have an issue if it gets tried in the National League because how many times have we heard people saying there's no point in trying them in the, all of those early season competitions the Welsh mm-hmm. Cup and the World mm-hmm. Cup they're now confined to history like the poor old Mayor Forna they'll, yeah. they'll, they're gone for all time uh, so trialling them in the league is, is not a bad well, idea provided there is a league Why was the Mayor Forna targeted so much? <laughs> I don't think they need me answer that <laughs> an endangered species he's more, he's more than an endangered species now he's extinct he's extinct is right yeah and uh, I suppose a lot of people kind of raised eyebrows about the the fact that um, you know dual captains or whatever and that, mm. that decision was already taken it wasn't even taken on Saturday no it was well what happened was actually Pat it was uh, it was being discussed when somebody said but we've already made that decision at Central Council which is one of the powers of Central Council and I think the bottom line is, is that they're unhappy about uh, the manner in which presentations are made they become they have, they're just a bit sloppy now personally I think the, the cup should be handed to the winning captain and we should cut out the speeches on everybody's part I, I'm certain yeah I think that too I, I'd yeah, cut, yeah, I'd cut, I'd cut out the speeches I would have no problem and, I'd leave, and I'd leave I'd leave I, I wouldn't yeah, have a problem yeah, with yeah. that myself, but I'd forget yeah. the speeches because they mm. just, they just people just ramble on, and some yeah. are very good at it. More of them are terrible, and more of them they'll have to read the whole thing. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yes, and Nicky, just one point. Then, said the GA COVID nineteen committee were quite happy that intercounty games weren't being played. Is that? Yeah, in the current climate. In yeah, the current yeah. climate, yeah. That, yeah. that got a bit uh, that got a bit heated there now. I mean, uh, certainly the former president, Sean Kelly, uh, got a bit contrary, let's use that word, and John Horden fairly wasn't happy about it in that, you know. But he did say that they, they were happy that it wasn't, there wasn't, then they had no problem with what's going on at the moment. And bear in mind that... Um, Professor Mary Horgan is a member of the GA Cover Committee. She's a member of NEFIT. So there's a very close link there as to what's going on. But I, I'm, I would be confident enough that, you know, after a Patrick's day, there's a possibility the inter-county scene might, might start going back to the way it was. Now, I, I'm saying that off my own back. I have absolutely no basis for saying that other than, other than a gut feeling. But, however, the numbers are still staying up even today. They're in the 600s. They're just they're struggling to get down into the... Well, it'll be hard to uh, rationalise the, the, the whole thing if you have uh, League of Ireland yeah. soccer going on and, and you don't have any inter-county. Well, that's, that's why I said, I said, Pat, all along that I think the GA was, would be within its rights. And I think Larry McCarthy alluded to that in his address on, on Saturday. They were within the rights to look to go to the government and says, if these other sports can go ahead, well then, why not ours? Mm. Yeah, well, look, we'll just have to wait and see what, what comes out of it in the end. Right, that's where we'll leave it for tonight. Um, thanks to Nicky and Pat joining me in the studio here and Kieran Muldowney and Martin Phelan on the phone. Just, uh, I thought it was a great interview with Martin, great insight. Um, and most of all, thanks to you for listening. Stay tuned, Joe Byrne will be joining after 7 o'clock for Country and Irish and we'll talk to you next Monday night where we'll be talking to Tom Dale and one other guest which we'll look forward